Hey y'all, this is Jeff Moore. Welcome to the Road Home Podcast. This is episode number nine, and we've been talking about covenant and sonship, uh, and we're leading into a, I guess, a, not a teaching, but a sharing or a discussion on identity. And so sonship is all about identity. Um, in fact, coming into Christ is all about identity because you get a new name, you get a new identity. In fact, in, I think, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it says that we were we exchanged our sinfulness for his righteousness. I believe that's correct. So that's, the, I, mean, I know that's correct. I'm saying, I think, I believe it's 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Um, so that's all about exchange. It's all about identity. So today we're going to talk about where does sonship come from? And it comes from three things. And we're going to go to Matthew chapter, let me see, three. Yep, Matthew chapter three, 13 through 17. So our sonship, our daughtership, if you want to say that, comes from three things. And all of these come from the Father, uh, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. So our sense of identity, uh, who we who we are, who we think we are, comes from the Father. Our sense of acceptance comes from the Father. Our sense of approval comes from the Father. Because that's what people want. People on this earth are looking for identity. Who am I? And people long to be accepted. Because some people are are different than others. I was different. I was not an, an outcast, but um, I didn't I was not a popular person in school. And you want to be accepted. So you find the people that will accept you for who you are. And you want to be everybody wants to be approved. Um, to people who say I don't care what other people think, that there may be some truth to that. There's somebody that it matters to you, what they think about you. People want to be approved. They want to be loved. They want to know who, who in the world am I? Um, I want to be accepted. So at any rate, we're going to uh, Matthew chapter three. So um, before we go into that, let me let me just say a couple of things. People. Us, we, because we're all in this together. Now, I'm not talking about COVID, but we're all in this journey of humanity living life on the earth together. We're always trying to become something. And it is either going to be driven by the law, which will wear us out. We're always going to be trying to strive and do and be uh, in order to you know, become whatever or whoever. Um, or we're going to just get the revelation that we're a son or daughter, and we're just going to know that this is who the Father says we are. And when we get to that point, that's a beautiful place because you can, you're can you able to just rest and enjoy life. Um, if you're not there, you're going to be driven to get your identity through money, acceptance, fame, popularity, likes on Instachat, Facegram, or whatever those things are called. You know, achievements, what you do, where you live, where you even go to church. Yep, I went there. Some people go, well, we go to the First Baptist Church of Who's Your Daddy in Big Papa Britches or whatever. There are people who go to certain churches uh, in my hometown, and there's a it carries a, uh, not a nuance, but it carries an air of almost superiority. Uh, but anyway, so that's, that's kind of sad that we are always trying to strive to be. If we could just rest and know who God says we are, there was, the competition would stop. Between us, okay. Let's go to Matthew three, um, thirteen through seventeen, and I really, uh, I'm just going to focus on one. This is when Jesus goes to uh, John the Baptist, and he he need he's going to be baptized. And why he needed to be baptized 
uh, we can debate that. He, um, in verse 15, Jesus replied and said, it's the only right thing to do. And this is the Passion Translation. Um, it's, it is only right to do all that God requires. And so John was not, he was like, wait a minute, you are, <laughs> do you know who you are? And Jesus was like, yeah, I've got to do this. Um, I'm not sure why, maybe it was symbolic. Maybe he was showing us the way, I don't know. Maybe he was making a statement. I don't know. Um, I'm just not that theologically you know, smart. But anyway, he goes on to verse 16. And as Jesus rose up out of the water, the heavenly realm opened up over him and he saw the Holy Spirit descend out of the heavens and rest upon him in the form of a dove. So here you see the Holy Spirit actually coming on Jesus. Now we can debate that also. Did Jesus function under the power of Holy Spirit or did he function in his ministry? I mean, as God, well, he, he was God and he was man. Uh, and some people are like, no, he did this under the power of the Holy Spirit. Because right here. It says the Holy Spirit descended upon him. And after that is when his miracle and his ministry started. Uh, we're not debating that either. I just find that interesting. Verse 17, then suddenly the voice of the father shouted from the sky saying, this is my son, the beloved. My greatest delight is in him. And there are three things that I remember we said that these three things come from the father, the identity, acceptance, approval. Um, the best version of this verse that I have read is from the complete Jewish Bible. And I know sometimes I'll go on uh, Bible Gateway and I will read tons of different translations. So we're going to focus on the complete Jewish Bible. This is the best version of this scripture because in this one verse, and there are like four, there are like eight, 12, maybe 10 words. The father puts identity out there. He puts acceptance out there and he puts approval out there. Okay. So here's what the complete Jewish Bible says in verse 17. It says, and a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. I am well pleased with him. Okay, Jeff, big deal. He's talking about Jesus. Well, let me give you a spoiler alert. If you are in Christ, he's talking about you. If you're in Jesus, he, he can't be talking about Jesus and not be talking about you. And there's a scripture that I just, it just came to my mind and I have to look it up. Um, yes. Okay. I've got it. So we're ready. This is in first John four 17. Let me turn my mic a little bit. So if you hear, if I, my voice kind of fades, that's what I'm doing. Um, first John four 17, the last part of this verse says, well, let me just read the whole thing. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Now that's something we could talk about too, is the day of judgment. Listen, uh, spoiler alert number two, all judgment is not bad. When you go into a courtroom, you're either the plaintiff or the defendant. I am of the opinion that when we go in front of him on the day of judgment, we are not the defendant. Okay. We are the plaintiff and we win. Do you, do you understand? The world, the, I think John chapter 16, 19 or six says that the enemy, that the, the enemy of this world has already been judged. The trial's over. You were never on trial and you will not be on trial anyway. So we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this, this world. And you can read that, but it says, as he is talking about Jesus, so are we. Okay, so here we go. Let's look at this. Let, remember that, 1 John 4, 17, okay? 
Now, in Matthew 3, he says, this is my son whom I love. I am well pleased. He says, this is my son. That is identity. And uh, he's telling you this morning, this is my son. When he speaks over you, he says, this is my daughter. That's identity. If you're in Christ, you're a daughter, you're a son. But Jeff, you don't understand what I did last night. I got drunk. I cussed my wife out. Maybe I, I had an affair with somebody else. Maybe I'm struggling with my sexual identity. It doesn't matter. This is my son. This is my daughter. If you're in Christ, he gives you that identity. And I think it's beautiful that in these, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, these like eight words, nine words, he gives Jesus the same thing. Not that he didn't have it, but he states it. Maybe he states it for our benefit. This is my son, identity, whom I love, acceptance. I am well pleased with him, approval. You see that? And I'm telling you, I'm confident that when the Father looks at you, regardless of, or me, regardless of where we find ourselves in life, because things can change, you know, uh, just one decision can take everything in a, in a total different direction. Everything can be beautiful. I've got my coffee this morning. We're doing a podcast. It's good. The weather's beautiful here in Forest Falls, California. My wife could get up. She could look at me the wrong way. I respond the wrong way. And then for, for the next hour, it's, uh, you know, it's not good. So things can shift. But I'm telling you, on your worst day, the Father looks at you. And he says, this is my son. This is my daughter. He, he identifies you as that. If you're in Christ, that's how he sees you. Period. Then he says, this is my son. This is my daughter, whom I love, whom I accept. It doesn't matter where you, God always accepts you. He accepts you. If you're in Christ, he accepts you. You are accepted by the beloved. You are accepted by the Father. Okay? Well, on that. Well, I sinned. I did a lot of bad things. This is my son, whom I love. He identifies you as son or daughter, and he loves you. Your sin can't negate or downgrade the love of the Father. And then he looks at you and he says, I am well pleased with him. Not because of your actions, but because of where you put your faith, because of the fact that you're in Christ. Your actions do not define you, and the Father never defines you by your actions. So that's a be- this is a beautiful scripture. This is my son. Look, go look in the mirror. Get up right now. Go look in the mirror and say, this is what the father says over me. I'm his son. I'm his daughter. He loves me and he is well pleased with me. Say that because that is what he says to you this morning. In fact, that's what he says to you every morning. We get our approval from being in Christ. First John four seventeen. as Jesus is, so are we. Jesus is approved. He is accepted. He's identified as a son, and he's deeply loved by the Father. And you know what? So are you. If anybody tells you different that sin separates you from God, that it makes the Holy Spirit leave you, that is not true. They're just mis- they're just misunderstanding the the gospel of grace. Okay. Um, God just. Well, this is the last thing I want to tell you. This is probably one of the <laughs> shortest podcasts. The last few have been like twenty minutes, but this is one of the shortest. Ones. Um, the last thing I want to say to you this morning. Uh, obviously it's morning here, uh, is that God does not deal with you according to your sin. Okay. And the law has no place in God's dealing with you under the covenant that Jesus keeps with the father under the covenant of grace. 
said, Jeff, I, I mean, we're supposed to obey the law. Are we? Is that what Jesus said? Jesus obeyed it, but he obeyed it in order to fulfill it. In like Hebrews, I believe, 9 or 8.31 or 9.13, I get all my scriptures kind of up in my head. And, you know, they kind of go everywhere. And that's okay. Uh, you know, you can still love Jesus, be a Bible teacher, be a pastor, be a preacher, and not remember where the address is. But if you know where it, you know it's in there, it's in there. Um, in Hebrews, one of those verses, he says, see if I can find that real quick. A lot of things happening this morning. Um, Hebrews 8.13, it says that he annulled it, that he made it obsolete, which means it's not in use anymore. Hello? I mean, does, do we still use the Pony Express to deliver mail? No. Why? It's obsolete. Okay. So we don't, I mean, come on now. So the law is obsolete. So if somebody tells you you have to live by the law in order to please the Father, once again, they're misunderstanding Scripture. They're just not reading it. Let me read you some, just a few verses. One, two, three, four, five verses that shows that, and there, I've got a lot more than that, but that the law has no place. When God looks at you, he does not measure you against the law. He measures you as to whether you're in Christ or not in Christ. Now, here's the deal. If you're not in Christ, your only option for measurement is the law. That's, that's your standard, you know, but if you're in Christ, that's your standard. But you know what? Here's the beautiful thing about being in Christ. There's nothing you have to do because everything he has, you have. So when God looks at you, he sees perfection because Jesus is perfect. When he looks at you, he sees full righteousness because Jesus is righteous. When he looks at you, he sees 100% healed, 100% son or daughter, 100% fully accepted, loved, and identified because that's the way Jesus is. Because as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Right? So let's run through some of these scriptures. The law has no place in God's dealing with you. and He does not deal with you according to your sin. Romans 10, 14. New American Standard, it says, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. The Passion says, For Christ is the end of the law, and because of him, God has transferred his perfect righteousness to all who believe. Did you read the first sentence in that verse? Jesus is the end of the law. That's beautiful. He's it, man. It, when Jesus showed up, the law was like, Okay, my days are numbered. And they were. Because he's fulfilling it. And then he's removing it so he can establish a new covenant. He's making it obsolete. Hebrews 8.13. Go read it. It's beautiful. Romans 6.14. Uh, Passion Translation says, Remember this. Sin will not conquer you, for God already has. You are not governed by law, but governed by the reign of the grace of God. New American Standard says, Sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law. You are under grace. Now listen, if, you, if Paul is writing, and saying you're not under law, you're under grace. Why would God ever deal with you according to the law? He just, the Holy Spirit just told Paul, we're not under the law. He deals with you as to if you're, it's simple, you're in Christ or you're not. He deals with you in, in grace, okay? Romans 8, 1. This is beautiful. The Passion says, so now the case is closed. There remains no more accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus. Jeff, that doesn't mention the law. Condemnation, accusing voice, comes from the law because the law says this is the standard. You're either meeting it or you're not meeting it. So when you look at people and you point that finger and say, you're not doing this, you're putting law on them. We, and God does not do that. God does not look at us and say, you didn't keep this. You didn't do that. Why? 
because we're not under the law, we're under grace, we're in Christ. There's a lot of freedom in grace, and we can talk about greasy grace or, you know, hyper grace. One day people say, well, you know, if you teach people grace, you're giving them a license to sin and just go crazy and do whatever they want. And that's, that's a little, that logic is off because can I tell you a little secret? You don't need a license to sin. You sin as much as you want to right now. Every, every sin you'll commit today, you'll either want to do it or you don't sin accidentally. I mean, sometimes you might have a word slip out, you know, but you, you don't throw up that middle finger on the interstate and cuss out somebody by accident. That does not happen. Okay. It just, it doesn't, you know, um, but anyway, so there's no condemnation for those here in Christ. If there's no condemnation, you're not under the law because the condemnation comes from the law. It comes from not meeting the requirements. Galatians, um, I think this is chapter five. Yeah. Chapter five, verse one, and then four through six. So the passion translation says, at last we have freedom for Christ has set us free. Gee, from what? Hmm. From the bondage of the law. We must always cherish this truth and firmly refuse to go back to the bondage of our past. Verse four, if you want to be made right with God by fulfilling the obligations of the law, listen to this, you have cut off um, more than your flesh. You have cut off yourselves from Christ and have fallen away from the revelation of grace. New American Standard says, you have been severed from Christ, you who are seeking to be justified by the, by the law. You have fallen from grace because Jesus, oh, he did away with the law. He paid for your sin. Why would you try to do right in order to be right? I'm not saying it's offensive to him, but you're cutting yourself off. That's what Paul said. This is beautiful. This is just amazing. Uh, verse 5 and 6 in the Passion. But we, but we have the true hope that comes from being made right with God. By the Spirit, we wait eagerly for this hope. This is the fulfillment of salvation. When you're joined to the anointed one, to Jesus, circumcision and religious obligations, obeying the law, cannot benefit you. All that matters now is living in the faith that works and expresses itself through love. That's beautiful. One more. Hebrews 9.28, New American Standard. So Christ also, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin to those who eagerly await him. So you see, when Jesus comes back, when he appears a second time, it's for salvation. It's not in reference to sin. There, I don't believe there will be a judgment for sin because whoever wrote Hebrews, I believe it's Paul, that when he appears a second time, it will be for salvation without reference, not to deal with sin. Why? Because he's already dealt with it. What good would it be for the Lord put your life on a big movie screen and to show all the wrong that you've done. That's already been paid for. It's like going out to eat, paying the bill, and then the waiter bringing you another bill saying, okay, you still owe some more. No, it's paid in full. And so that is, um, that was our, that's our podcast. That's it. <laughs> we're done. It's 20 minutes. It's not as short as I thought it was going to be. Where does your sonship come from? It comes, going back to Matthew 3, 17, it comes from your identity, your acceptance, and your approval. And God, he identifies you as son or daughter. He accepts you and he approves you. Take the scriptures, study them. Blue letter Bible is a beautiful way to dig into the Greek and the Hebrew. Just meditate on these things, okay? Y'all have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to the Road Home Podcast.